Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Nils Vigneault about becoming the CEO of your career by applying the four proven pillars of leadership. Nils Vigna, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Hey, thank you, Jonathan. I'm excited to be here with you today. Yeah, it's a pleasure. You're joining us from Phoenix, Arizona. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be exploring a really fun topic. We're going to be talking about becoming the CEO of your own career. And we're going to do that by applying the four proven pillars of leadership that you've outlined and that you're going to share with me and all of my listeners. So I'm super excited for that. And I really like the the idea about being the CEO of your own career and really taking ownership over your own career development. Now, it would be nice if every organization we worked for was really committed to, you know, developing us and 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 preparing us for those next stages in our career. And some organizations actually do that very well, but we can't count on that and we have to take ownership over you know, preparing ourselves for the future. And that will help us be better employees, better leaders, better managers now, and it will help us to be better in the future. So we're going to be exploring all of that together as we go throughout this conversation today. As we get started, I just wanted to share Nils bio with everybody. Nils Vigna is a three-time top 25 customer success influencer in the world, founder of 30dayleadership.com and author of 30 Day Leadership Playbook. Nils has helped create internal transformation for hundreds of companies from early stage startups to Fortune 100. But he wasn't always the secret sauce that companies hired to experience massive growth. For the first 10 years of his professional career, he bounced from job to job, not knowing where he fit. After being frustrated, he invested in himself by getting an MBA in management and organizational behavior in 2012, Nils became a certified leadership coach and began working with clients to put his newly found wisdom to the test. The results were astounding and every team that Nils led witnessed a a dramatic and drastic change and he earned reputation for extracting the born leaders in every organization. He is on a mission to reveal the tremendously untapped leadership in companies and create a ripple effect of transformational change because behind every successful company is a team of powerful, passionate leaders. I love everything about your bio and your background. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Anything else about yourself, your background, your story that you would like to share with listeners just in terms of personal context before we dive on into the topic? 
Well, it kind of leads into our topic of being the CEO of your career. And as you noted there, in the first 10 years of my career, I absolutely 100% was not. And I was fortunate enough to um, receive, have someone ask me a very powerful question. And it was one Sunday morning or Saturday morning in grad school. We had an outside speaker come in in the first semester and he came on stage and stood right in the middle, said nothing. And then just paused for like a good three, four seconds. Like it felt like a long time. Looked straight into the audience and just asked one question. It said, are you the CEO of your career? And in that moment, I, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, did, what, what did you just ask? Oh my gosh. And I've immediately started to get angry with myself because the word and the answer that came out as, in response to that question was no, I was not the CEO of my career. And I literally thought my whole 10 years prior flashed before me and I saw all the mistakes I had made by not being CEO of my career, always waiting for somebody else to tell me what to do, always asking my bosses, where should I go in this org? What should I do? You know my skill set. What kind of role should I play? I was never willing to answer those questions for myself until that Saturday morning. And in that moment, in that seat, in that auditorium, I made the commitment right then and there to never again not be the CEO of my career. And it's been up into the right trajectory ever since. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I mean, it's when you're new in your career, it's not a bad thing to go to your boss or go to people around you and to get mentorship and advice and yes. direction and leverage their understanding of the organizational context. Like all of that's fine and completely normal. So I suppose some of that is probably just developmental, you know, as, as you're starting off. And I, I suppose all of us in the early stages of our career are going to find that. But that transition at some point does really need to happen, yeah. that we need to start to recognize that everyone else that we're contacting, you know, they're also looking out for themselves in their career. Yes. And in yes. hopefully, hopefully they're, they're willing to share and to mentor and, and, uh, and to put you on a good path, but they don't always have the time or the energy. And, you know, sometimes you're even going to run into that, that random person. I don't think that's super common, but you're going to run into that random person who, who for whatever reason is going to try to derail you. Um, and it, happens. It, it, happens. It, it does, it does happen. And so we just have to be mindful of that reality and mindful of, of, uh, the type of progression that we want to have. And the, the, uh, the other reality to all of this is, and this is something I found early in my career is that the mentorship I was seeking was not in line with actually my desired outcomes and values. Right. And, right. and so people in good faith and, you know, with every good intention were steering me in a direction that I knew was not the way I wanted to go. And, and I think, for example, I think in both when I was getting my master's degree, a professional uh, degree like yours, and people were trying to steer me in a particular direction. And I bought into it for a long time. And then finally, I realized, well, wait a minute, that's not actually what I want at all. Uh, I end up deciding to go on for my PhD. I decide I want to become a professor. Um, I'm going through the PhD program and I'm having all of my, you know, my, my chair and all of the, the different people around me trying to direct me down a path that worked for them, but I knew wasn't right for me. Mm -hmm. And so at some mm -hmm. point, you know, I, I don't know, like at some point I bought into like for a certain amount of time, I bought into it and I, I tried to follow their, their lead. And at some point I came to the realization, like, wait a minute, why am I doing this? Why am I spinning my wheels to, yeah. to live the life and the career of someone else? That's uh, it. 
And, and I was able to step back and, and kind of get on my own trajectory. And it's worked out very well for me. Um, but I could have easily found myself, you know, now I, I'm 43. I could have easily taken the path that others laid out for me. It wouldn't have been a bad path, but I would have found myself, you know, at 43, looking at where I've been for the last 20 years and thinking, why am I here? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Is this really what I want? And I think that's a lot of where midlife crises come from. I was just um, about to say the same thing because that happens all the time. The midlife crisis, happen. right? Mm-hmm. It's a, there's a, you know, oftentimes a pivotal moment or a wake up or a realization, aha, or sometimes it's literally just, you woke up on Saturday and look back and you're like, what on earth am I doing in this life? Right. And, and I've certainly felt that at various points in time. And it was, I was very glad to have gone through the experience when I did, because that changed the trajectory of the next 10 plus years of my career and everything. And it's, it's been great. The, the key differentiator here is that the world that is out there to support you 100% will support you, but it is not there to guide you. And what I mean is that if you know the destination, if you know the direction, the horizon, like where you're going towards, in other words, being CEO saying, this is the field that I want to go deep in. This is the um, expertise I want to acquire. This is the type of role, the type of company, et cetera, that I want to do. Then everybody else around you can help you get to that point. But if we simply just show up and say, what should I do? They're going to do exactly what your mentors in that PhD program said, which is, well, here's what I did. So you should do this. And that is, that's the fundamental difference. So um, the world is there to support you. Your company is there to support you. Your boss is there to support you, but they cannot tell you what to do. That's the key differentiator in the mindset and why this starts as a mindset thing and just psychology, psychologically just shift to, no, it's my call. I'm, I know where I want to go. I know where my strengths are. I understand or as part of the process, kind of get to that point. And then I enlist the help of other people to help me get there. And they will always be willing to help you get there, but you got to start with where I want to go. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't mean to make this about me, but I'm just thinking about the example of my own early career. And I, I had to def- actively defy uh, people in my PhD program who, you know, they're, they're preparing people. I went to a, you know, a major R1 research university and they're preparing people to go out and become researchers and go to R1 research universities. Yep. And that's not why I was doing a PhD. I wanted to teach. I wanted to do research too, but I wanted to teach. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I knew I wanted to be at a teaching university and that really caused problems when I started to kind of own my own path and start to openly disregard <laughs> the, you know, what, what the they were telling the yeah. norm. And in it, honestly, it upset people. And, and at that point, some, some people around me started to try to undermine me, tried to undercut me because they didn't want me going down that path. And I just had to, I just had to own it. And I had to be willing to, to navigate that. Yeah. And it, it was challenging at times, but but I, I got out of that program. I, I got hired at a, at a, at a teaching university uh, and, and it was lovely. And then I think about those early days in my, my uh, time at the, the teaching university and my department chairs there. And what are they doing? They, you know, they, they have a role to help new faculty get acclimated, onboarded, and to start you know, their early career path. And again, good, good meaning, well-meaning, uh, mm-hmm. good intentioned individuals who, who are trying to show me direction, but inevitably, what are they doing? They're trying to tell me what they did, um, the path that they took. And I knew that 
you know, in some cases I flat out completely disagreed with them anyways, but in other cases, I just knew what they did was what they're suggesting is fine, but not good for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, you know, taking that time to, to acknowledge that and having the courage, perhaps the audacity, you know, as a young, early career professional to say, no, I'm not doing that. (laughs) And this is what I'm going to do, you know, at times, you know, probably made people look at me and think, who is this entitled little, you know, whatever, but, (laughs) but, you know, but, but you know what, over time, I've been able to grow into, into my academic and teaching career. And it's been fantastic. And I, because of the path I took, I've been able to do consulting work uh, and all the other things that I do uh, on the side that have been fantastic. And I'm not sure I would have had much of that had I gone down these other paths. Right. And, and that is, you know, the, you made the choice, right? And dis, re, disregard, you have to disregard an awful lot of the perceptions that come as a result of making choices. Now, our, you know, society and people as a whole, there's a whole lot of judgment that goes on all the time, especially inside of organizations. But to be the CEO of your career means to have the confidence that you are the one who can make the call on what's right for you, just as you did, on just as I did. You have the, you know, are the only one who can make the call on the strategic direction of where you're going to go and what's going to fulfill you, because nobody else knows how you think, operate, work, what makes you feel good, what makes you feel bad. Everybody just kind of operates from their own lens. And I think in a lot of times, it's kind of left over from how work used to be done in our relationship, how it used to be with companies, was we gave up everything for the company, for our whole career, right? My you know previous generation before us, typical, my father worked for one company for 35 plus years and very standard, right? You just kind of commit and you go with what the company tells you to do. And today's world is vastly different from that, where I view it as if you really are the CEO of your career and the CEO, let's look at the, just the definition of this. So CEO of any company, their job is to increase the value of the company for shareholders. Very standard CEO job description. Well, this the as a CEO of your career, your job is to increase the value of your single greatest asset, which is you. And you do that for your shareholders and your shareholders are your friends, your family, your network, your company, your customers, right? Those are all your networks. So as you look at this from a different perspective um, and think about this from the value of you, because you, as you know, highlighted this perfectly, you're the only thing you're going to be with your entire career. Nobody else. (laughs) There's not a single other soul that will be with you through your entire career. It's you. So we better make sure that you are happy and you are enjoying things and you are finding fulfillment. And we can do that by taking control. We cannot do that if we abdicate control to somebody else and just say, well, I can't do anything else. I'm just going to do whatever they tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And I like how you define that just again, pointing to the CEO definition and what that means and can look like when we take on that kind of a a mantle, (laughs) a title, a mindset around how we, we uh, interact with our own career. Now, another thing that you, I know you talk about and the way I introduced the topic for this episode was around the four proven pillars of leadership. If you can outline those for us, and then we can apply it to this idea of being the CEO of our own career. Check out my new book, The Future Leader, Creating and Transforming Next-Gen Organizations. 
stemming from two decades of professional experience and over 600 in-depth interviews with executives, thought leaders, and scholars from across the globe. The Future Leader will help you explore the ordinary, everyday actions that will help you to prepare to lead in the future of work, to respond to an uncertain future, and to produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy. Courses, micro-credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. All HCI Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates are designed, developed, and delivered by award-winning and internationally renowned scholars, educators, thought leaders, executives, and practitioners. Our courses, micro-credentials, and certificates will help you make your mark on the future of work and make an immediate impact in your organizations. Check out the HCI Academy and our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us. Absolutely. So the four pillars are leading yourself, leading others, leading with communication, and leading with metrics. And my job as a leadership coach, you know, is to break down the massive complex world that is leadership into smaller bite-sized chunks so that I can provide specific tools in each of these pillars um, in order to empower leaders with these tools so they can confidently handle any situation. Leading yourself, pillar number one, is kind of where it all starts. And this is heavy on the psychology side, heavy on the things that you own from how you deal with your time, uh, heavy on the repeatability of the systems that you have in place to support you. This is where that um, question has to be answered are you the CEO of your career? If the answer is no, the reality is as a leadership coach, I can't really help you very much, right? Because if the answer is no, chances are you're waiting for someone else to tell you what to do. And that's never going to serve you because whatever they're telling you to do is something that they think is right, but may not align with you, which is perfect example of your, what you shared earlier. Right. So that's where the, the core psychology piece of this comes into play. And I call this bulletproofing your leadership psychology. So there's a number of things and tools to put in place to really lead yourself, because only when you do that, does it become easier to lead others. Pillar number two. And this is all about how to create a connected team. You know, you, whether you're managing a team of three or 300, doesn't matter. There are some principles and core things that you can do to bring a group of people together and create an identity which they've never been part of or experienced before. And it is transformational in how committed they are to you, how committed they are to the team, to the company, et cetera. And in addition to, you know, just creating this incredible team environment, then there's also elements and tools around how to drive the performance of your team. And I have an entire section I go into deep on coaching. 
So I'm a certified coach, have been for the last 10 years, and I've boiled all that down of how to use coaching skills in a business-to-business context when we're working in a professional environment. This is not specific to life coaching or anything, but in a professional environment, how to use those coaching tools, and they were one of the greatest assets in my leadership toolbox, hands down. So we've gone through leading yourself, and it's all about you. Leading others, all about your team. Now, pillar number three is leading with communication. This is all about how you communicate the incredible value that you and your team deliver outside of your immediate team. Because here's the rub. Most leaders forget that, and most people in general forget that, nobody else outside of your immediate team has any context or any understanding for what you do. And this is true across the board. So you have to be able to clearly articulate and effectively communicate your message and your value in a way that supports all everything that you want to do, but in a way that can meet other people where they are, especially when they have zero context about your role. And that is the power of what I call the power of frameworks. And this uh, four pillars is an example of a framework. I can take my entire knowledge of leadership, break it down to these four pillars and have a meaningful conversation with someone just based on sharing that framework and then asking a couple questions. So in addition to the framework, we also have presentation skills, right? Critical for any leader communicating, getting your point across and rounding it out is all about marketing your leadership because doing the job as a leader is not enough. So pillar number four, the final one is leading with metrics. And this is how we take measurement into account. And this isn't just about measurement at, you know, the team level or department level. It's about connecting the dots from the activities that the individuals on your team are doing on a daily basis to how does that relate from a measurement perspective to the objectives of the team, the organization, and the company as a whole. And there is a very, you know, a simple way to connect those dots, which oftentimes gets missed. And I hear lots of stories of leaders, you know, who say, well, our sales numbers are down, go fix it. Our, you know, our churn is too high. We got a problem. It's your responsibility, go change it. And there's just missing a massive opportunity to use metrics in a meaningful way to drive behavior instead of, um, you know, just staying at the high level and saying, here's the, here's the thing that can't change and hasn't changed. And it's your problem, go figure it out. So those four pillars all serve to support the individuals who are the CEO of their career. Because if you're the CEO of your career, your job is to increase the value of you. You can do that by acquiring tools that will help you um, solve any situation. And as a leader, any situation is going to come every single day. Yeah. It, yeah. We're, we're going to be dealing with all sorts of things of wide variety and the best laid plan almost never happens. Yep. And so it, whether in business or whether in our personal lives, and, and again, I think back uh, to, to my own path and it's zigzagging all over the place. Right mm -hmm. now I have my core kind of principles, my core values, my core desired outcomes. And that's kind of my gold star. And that's, that's the North star. That's what I'm looking towards. But the path to get there, usually for most people is not completely linear. It's not a straight line. You're no. zigzagging a bit and, and you take opportunities as they arise, you learn, you grow, um, you iterate. Sometimes things don't work the way you think they're going to work. Um, and that's fine. That's perfectly fine. But because of that zigzag, because of that, uh, that give and take of life that everyone has to go through, you have to, to be ready to encounter all sorts of things that perhaps you aren't even imagining right now. I can't imagine, you know, right now in, in 2022, I'm a professor, I'm a, I am an academic, I do research, I do consulting work. 
my world today is significantly different than my world was even two years ago due to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I think, what's it going to look like in all these roles in my life? What's it going to look like in five years? What's it going to look like in 10 years? I can't predict that. Like I have, I have guesses. Uh, I have, you know, I think well-informed guesses and ideas about the, the future of work, but ultimately I don't know. And who knows what's going to happen? And, and likely there are going to be some things that we predict and there are going to be some things we never even saw coming. And that's just the reality. So we have to prepare ourselves and respond to the, the challenges as they come. And that's just the reality of it all. One of the things you said a minute ago that I really like, and I'd love for you to maybe go into a little bit more depth on is the idea of bulletproofing mm-hmm. um, your leadership. If you can yep. speak to that a little bit more, uh, because again, we're all going to in, you know, have to encounter challenges and problems. Yes. And sometimes those are internal struggles and angst. Sometimes that's external coming at us. Um, regardless though, we need to have the resilience and the ability to respond. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So in everything that I teach and have done as a leadership coach, there are always two parts. One is psychology and one is tactics. If you have psych- the right psychology and you don't have the tactics, you're going to be excited, but you're not going to get very far. If you have the right tactics, but you don't have the right psychology, you're going to just change doesn't last, right? So you have to have the right psychology and the right tactics. And as I think about all of these tools, just like we were saying, like, how do I empower leaders with tools to confidently handle any situation? I know that I have to address both psychology level things and I have to address tactic level things and put the two together to make a long lasting change. So the bulletproofing or leadership psychology is all about exactly that. Um, You know, one of the most common leadership challenges from a psychology perspective is the feelings of imposter syndrome. All right, I'm sure you've felt it at various points in time. I have dealt with it very many, many times throughout my career. Um, and it has crept up in different ways and it will continue to do so. But I understand, I acknowledge it now. It used to be a crippling thing for a period of time, but um, I was able to find ways that helped me to stay focused on what I could control, which is what I am talented to do. And one of the key elements that I um, love to share just because it's a wonderful assessment, it's my absolute favorite one, uh, is the Strengths Finder assessment. And I call this process claiming your strengths. And what that means is that when individuals take the Strengths Finder assessments from the Gallup organization, this is not related to me at all. I just use the results of it. But when they take that and they look at their top five strengths, what the Strengths Finder assessment essentially does is boil down and give you language to describe what you are naturally talented to do. And everyone has a different set of dominant strengths, what they are naturally trying to do, how they see the world, how they think about problems. And the vast majority of communication issues in the world today come as a result of thinking about things from our perspective, not from someone else's. And so part of your bulletproofing, your leadership psychology is becoming more confident about what it is that you are naturally talented to do. I can tell you with 100% confidence exactly what I am most talented to do. And my number one strength is called maximizer. What that means to me is that I can see strengths in other people oftentimes before they see it in themselves and bringing awareness of strengths to others gives me tremendous satisfaction. So I've built my business over the last seven and a half years working on my own around that number one strength, because I know when I'm in that zone and I have an opportunity to be in that coaching capacity with uh, either an individual or a group or a team or a company that I'm world-class because that's what I'm built to do. 
And that, that was a big learning. And that was actually one of the single greatest things that helped me get over a huge bout I had of imposter syndrome when I was at a VP level inside of a fast growing SaaS business. And it was claiming my strengths and accepting that there are things that I have, do not have strengths in. But I know I can find now people who have strengths in those areas and I can complement my leadership with those. So those are just a couple pieces on the leadership psychology. There's a number of tools that come into play, but ultimately it comes down to you know, taking the focus away from other people, which is where imposter syndrome and things feeling comparison feelings come from and turning it inward and saying, okay, what is it that I'm naturally talented to do? And thankfully there are wonderful tools like the StrengthsFinder assessment that can help us do that really easily. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. I also enjoy uh, StrengthsFinders. I think that's a really great tool. And there are many others as you have alluded to. And ultimately it's, it's quite a relief, isn't it? To, to come to the realization that we don't have to be good at everything. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, I, I've, that's the reason we have teams. We have right. teams with complementary skills and competencies and capabilities. And it, that, that is really a great relief and that can help relieve the, the imposter syndrome. Yes. Lean, lean into your strengths, you know, try, try to, if you, if you have, uh, I think strengths finders refers to it as derailers. But if mm -hmm. you have, if you have derailers, you need to work on those so mm -hmm. that they don't short circuit your career, but yeah. you don't have to focus on things that aren't as strong. Yeah. You primarily focus on your strengths and you're going to be in great shape. So I think that's fantastic. That's, that's what it's all about. You know, acknowledge when you can acknowledge where you do not have strengths and be open and honest about it with other people too. They respect it, right? And your team will respect it. As a leader, I told my team very plainly, I said, this is what I am most talented to do. And we went through the whole exercise that I do with my clients and whatnot when I was running teams and as an operator, and I share this with my clients as well, like be open about it. The more everybody knows about how everybody else works, the better we will work together. And the yeah. results that come from people who are doing work that is aligned with their strengths will be exponentially greater than what is normally done, which is typically you have time. Why don't you take on this project? Right. That right. that's the killer. And if we align the work to the strengths, then we have an opportunity to change the game, drive engagement, drive, have some more fun. Right. And everybody benefits as a result. Well said. Nils, this has just been a really fun conversation. I know at the time I'm going to have to let you go here in just a minute, but before we wrap up for today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. Absolutely. So um, if you'd like to get a free digital copy of my best-selling book, 30-Day Leadership Playbook, Your Guide to Becoming the Leader You Have Always Wanted to Be, where I go in detail and outline these four pillars that we talked about at a high level today, just go to 3030dayleadership.com forward slash book, and you can drop your email in. I will send you a free digital copy right away and would love to connect with you. If you want to connect and talk about um, how leadership uh, coaching and training can apply to you or the leaders in your organization, just send me an email at nils, N-I-L-S, at 3030dayleadership.com. And, you know, the word of the day that we're going to leave with is just make the decision. You know, if it's not an absolute yes on the CEO of your career today, ask yourself why that is and make a commitment to turn it into a yes, because the only way you're going to feel good about what you do, the only way you're going to enjoy the life and enjoy the career that you are, the path that you are on is if you're in control. 
Nobody else is going to be able to dictate this for you. So take control. I got a ton of tools and walk you through it step by step. If you're not there yet, that's okay. And acquire the tools to be able to confidently handle any challenge or situation in the future. Thanks so much for having me. I love it. Thank you so much. It has been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Nils and his team can do for you. Check out the book. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Bluer than indigo leadership, the journey of becoming a truly remarkable leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue, what some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for your individuals, teams, and organizations. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years with increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition. The average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe 
and that you have a great week.